Who do you work for, really? Each one of us has a calling. Have you heard this before? Your workplace is your mission field, wherever that may be. You either work for him or work against him, but you work for someone. Who do you really work for? Is it your clients, your boss, your family, yourself, or your Lord? This isn't a trick question. There is a right answer. You're either all in or all out. Are you for him? I am. In fact, I work for him. Hey, Jim, who do you work for? I work for him. I work for Jesus Christ. I want to be your let me introduce you to the host of the I Work For Him show, Jim Brangenberg. Welcome, welcome, welcome. You've tuned into the I Work For Him radio show with your host, Jim Brangenberg. Take a minute and listen. I Work For Him, is, it's not a program that you sign up for. It's a mentality. It's a way of living. It's a permanent shift in your Christ-following paradigm. It's a revolution that's happening in the workplace, and it's about bringing the kingdom of God into places where the kingdom is ignored. Keep in mind that your existence in your workplace, it's not by chance. It doesn't matter what you do or where you do it. Whether you're a pastor, a car mechanic, an attorney, a teacher, a mom, a used car salesperson, your work, it matters to God. And he expects you to be his representative in your workplace. And in your workplace, to recognize that that's your mission field. And in that mission field, you may be the only Jesus your coworkers and employees may ever meet. Now, I know you've heard me say this tons and tons of times, but every day we need to be reminded that going to work is not just to draw paychecks so we can buy groceries. Going to work every day is an opportunity to be a light for Christ. Each day on the I Work For Him show, we try to bring you the practical, the tactical, the factual, and the biblical ways to incorporate your faith into your workplace. I don't come to you as an expert. I don't come to you as somebody that's got this all figured out. I'm just one guy trying to live my life transparently so that you can maybe gain something in order to be an effective witness for Christ in your workplace. Our paradigm shift is described like this. Romans 12.2, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Welcome to the I Work For Him Zone. I hope you're never the same. In our never-ending I Work For Him desire to bring you the practical, the tactical, the factual, and the biblical ways on how you can apply your faith into your workplace. Today, Martha and I are talking about the family-run business. You're saying, really, Jim? The family-run business? But I don't run my own business. Right, but maybe you've contemplated it. Maybe you've considered it. Maybe you've thought, maybe that's the answer to our financial woes. So we're here to tell you the pros, the cons, the ins, the outs, and all of the good and the bad about running a family-run business, well, at least from our perspective. Right, honey? That's right. We're going to try to, anyway. That's what we're going to try to, as Martha (laughs) says, with an incredible smile today, as she's wearing a Look Who's 30 shirt. Right. Because why, honey? Because it's obvious that I'm not 30. (laughs) I don't know. I think you look 16. Oh, yeah. You're so sweet. Um, I am wearing this T-shirt that says, Look Who's 30, because Kara's Christian Bookstore, this is our birthday month, and we are 30 years old. Unbelievable. Kara's Christian Books and Gifts have been part of the I Work For Him community right from the very beginning. And it's been awesome to have you as part of the show. And we're so grateful. We've got a new commercial today. We do. But Jill will have to stay tuned for that. All right. The verse for today, Deuteronomy 8.18. People are going, really? Old Testament digging it out of the Pentateuch. There you go. (laughs) Deuteronomy. People are going. That's a big word. What is the Pentateuch? I don't even know if I could spell that. All right. It says, but remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the ability to produce wealth 
and so confirms his covenant, which he swore to your ancestors as it is today. It's important that we understand that our ability to earn a living comes from our Heavenly Father. And one of the ways to do that would be to have a family-run business. So if you've got a funny or enlightening or great story about a family-run business, and you want to call in and participate in the show today with Martha and I, or maybe you have a question about a family-run business and an idea or that you're looking for an idea or something like that, call into the studio line today. We'll open up the lines, 855-265-2929. Or if you'd like the other way. Oh, 727 um, four eight seven nine eight six three is that's the text. How, that's right. That's how you text seven two seven four eight seven ninety eight sixty three. Or if you want to call in and talk, eight. What is that number again? 255 But don't text and drive. Don't text and drive. But if you're in traffic on 275 tonight... It's probably pretty slow. <laughs> you, probably, you might be able to. You probably can. All right. So w- w- how do we even have the right to talk about a family-run business? What, what, what right do we have to even share our wisdom? Hmm. Well, we have... I think since, what is it, since you were eight years old, you have been an entrepreneur um, at heart. And I was raised in a home with a family business. So all of my life, between my upbringing and our married life, we pretty much have always had some sort of business going on in the background. I think it's hilarious because I didn't grow up in an entrepreneurial family, but yet at eight years old, I wanted a fishing pole. And so I said to my mom, I want a, I want a fishing pole. And she goes, well, how are you going to earn a fishing pole? And That's kind of funny that you wanted a fishing Yeah, because I never learned how to fish. <laughs> Thanks, Dad. You taught me how to golf, but I don't know how to fish. I lived in Minnesota till I was almost 40 years old, surrounded by 10,000 lakes, 20,000 ponds, and I don't know how and to now fish. now you live right by the Now ocean. I live surrounded by the ocean. I live on an island, and I still don't know how to fish. Okay, I'm sorry I brought that up. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Dad. But I do want to add a golf, which I can't afford to golf right now. So, okay. So maybe we should go back to fishing. Okay, so I wanted a fishing pole, and my mom said, hey, you could sell greeting cards. I see this thing right here. You can sell greeting cards door to door, and you can earn enough money to, to get a fishing pole. That's so cute. So that's what I did. I went door to door, sold greeting cards at eight years old. No you one can't would do that today. Ever let their child do that today. <laughs> and I got my fishing pole. I have no idea what happened to that fishing pole. And then I sold. Well, then I decided that that wasn't near enough money. And so I decided that, you know, at night on the golf courses when nobody's looking, there's ponds, and in those ponds are golf balls, perfectly good ones that people hit in the water because. They're lousy golfers like me. And so you could swim in those ponds, collect the golf balls. Now you can't do that because now they have professionals doing this. But we did it as elementary kids. We'd get out of the water. We'd throw the golf balls onto the grass, and we'd take them home in a big bag. And then we'd scrape off the leeches off our legs. And then we'd sell those golf balls. I don't know. It's like 25 golf balls for six bucks or something like that, if I remember correctly. And my dad could sell those things and sell those things. Constantly, he was selling my golf balls. Back to people at the. Golf he probably balls. just bought them all for himself, just to help support my habit. He or something. He might have. But he might have. You might not have really known. But that was just one of those many things that we did. And you sold coupon books. That's right, entertainment sold, books. Yep. That's right. Well, happenings book. It was happenings book in Minneapolis. But we did that. Paid my way to Europe for a twenty-seven day choir trip by selling happenings books. So you've always been motivated with sales. Yeah, but I never thought about being an entrepreneur. No. But that when we got married, mm-hmm. we you know the first couple of years we worked for another company. But we then did. we got the opportunity. Well, when we started having children, 
Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, you, I wanted you at home because there's no way I was taking my kid to daycare. I couldn't do it. I cried. There was weeping and gnashing of teeth. I couldn't do it. And that was you, not the kids. It was me and not the kids. Mm-hmm. But well, we started programming. We started our own programming consulting business in the late 80s. Mm-hmm. Fast track consulting. Fast track consulting. That's right. We never incorporated that one, so don't ask. Oh, don't, yeah. In case the IRS is listening. But that was 30 years ago. So, uh, But anyway, so we did that. Then we started... Um, well, really, we went. Really, our biggest venture was we never really thought about it this way, but I went from working as a direct writing salesperson for insurance to we went independent. When we went independent, we basically started our own business that day. We did. And we had to build our own customer Do you base. Remember that day of sitting around our round kitchen table going, Yep. We got to buy a postage meter. <laughs> <laughs> that was the most important decision. Let's cash in the 401k and buy a postage meter. I think that's what the conversation was. But we, we so we bought we bought uh, our postage meter and we started selling from scratch because I had an 18 month no compete. Mm-hmm. It was, but we that was a business that led to buying into a bigger business and then led to us. And we sold cars. Oh, we the car thing car was more dealership. fun than anything. Yes. That, yeah. but, but that was one of those things where I just had a ridiculous passion for driving cars. And one of my things that God has healed me of was I always wanted to drive a different car every week. Yeah. I had a goal. You did. And I did that for 15 years. And now I drive the same car every day. And, I, and you like that, too, even. Yep. So I did payroll for some companies. I helped with doing books for people, things like that, too. So we had a lot of different things we've had going on over the years to um, be able to provide for our family in a home environment. Well, when we had the agency in the home, we had the kids working for us. I mean, they would do filing. Yes. Every once in a while, they'd answer the phone, and they knew how to answer the phone. As opposed to 20-year-olds today, you actually knew how to answer the phone. Yeah. Anchor Agency South, this is Sarah. How can I help you? She was five. She was five years old answering a phone like that, and she could file. She actually knew her alphabet. Most of the time, she was just pretending to answer the phone. Just clarifying. We did not have a five-year-old answering the business phone. Well, just in case she picked it up, she knew how to answer. And she knew how to use the shredder. Yes, she did. They both did. They both loved that. It was very safe, and but they loved doing that. That, so. But we used our kids in the business. And then the kids will tell you, if we had our kids sitting right here, in case, in, you know, if one of them wants to call in, Sarah or Joshua, if you're listening, you could call in, you could complain to the entire world about having to wash cars as three-year-olds. Or they could share a little bit about how good and what a good impact it made it might have had on them. Right. That's what it could be. in a home that had a family business. Right. They could talk about that. They could. But most of the times they complain about the fact <laughs> that in 97, when we opened up our used car dealership, they were washing cars and Sarah was four. Joshua was six. Yes. But the whole point of this show is to talk about, I guess you said the good and the bad. The good so. and the bad. The good and the bad was we got to drive different cars all the time. We had a lot of fun. We spent time together. Too. Yeah, we spent a lot of time together. Buying cars, selling cars, driving in cars, Getting to cleaning cars. Getting McDonald's on the way to go pick up a car. That's or, right. You know, we, we made it fun. And, and then we bought those walkie-talkies so we could talk back and forth between cars because we didn't have the cell phones. before cell phones. That's we had right. the Motorola. Cell phones that were a dollar a minute. So we had walkie-talkies. <laughs> they were cheaper. Ivan, I know. Walkie-talkies. You know, old army movies, they press a button. Okay. This was even before that next tell. Ivan's only 25, so he doesn't know what a walkie-talkie is. <laughs> he probably had a toy one. He probably did. Probably did. All right. But but really, the whole the whole thing is God laid in us an entrepreneurial spirit. Mm-hmm. And he's used it in a lot of ways. We've used it for ministry. Like in the used car dealership business, we would take our insurance customers who were going to get rid of cheap cars. And when the IRS regulations allowed this, we got them to donate them to our church. We clean the cars up, sell the cars, and raise money for missionaries. We did. It was a great way to fund a lot of missions trips, as well as help different um, 
you know, ministries that needed financial support. That was a lot. That was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Ivan says he had his own walkie-talkie, and he's 29. <laughs> we'll get that clear. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, but but it was really cool about being able to use our ministry. And this is even before we had anybody even wake us up to say, okay, your workplace is your mission field. You know, in the insurance business, we kind of figured that out because we got in the middle of divorces all the time. We had a lot of people call us when they were in trouble, the big needs. So we had an opportunity to really talk to people in crisis. Well, if people have a claim for insurance, they're in crisis or they're at a uh, crossroad where they are in a dilemma, they need help. And so we often would be called in our spirit to go above and beyond just taking care of the claim, but to ministering to them and encouraging them. And the same thing with if there was a separation or a divorce in a household, we needed to be there and help them through separating policies and things like that. So we did often get in the middle of those things and try to speak some good in the midst of what try was Try to convince them not to give up. We did. I can remember one couple. I can't say their names, of course, but I can remember. And it's like, oh, it's please, hard. would you work on it? Don't. But what up. a great place. I mean, it, this just works so well with talking about with I Work For Him is the fact that um, even though we didn't understand, like you said, that our workplace was our mission field, we were incorporating our relationship with Christ in the things that we were doing and trying to speak truth into people and encourage them and minister to them. So, Well, and we looked for opportunities, and we, didn't, and we made a lot of mistakes. That There's no question about that. When we bought into that chain of insurance agencies in southwestern Minnesota, I made a lot of mistakes. But we also learned a lot of things, too. Sure. And I think that's one of the, the beautiful pros and cons of having your own business is that you um, need to experience a lot of that for yourself, and you sometimes feel the pain of those mistakes, but you also learn how to improve it, where sometimes if you're working for somebody else, you don't get the opportunity to make any change based on the pain or the or the mistakes that might be being made. You have that opportunity to change direction or correct things in a way that you see fit. Well, and that's really what drives a lot of people's frustration is that they see things that can be improved upon and they're not given that opportunity to improve upon them. Mm-hmm. So it drives a little bit of frustration. So it, needless to say, Martha grew up in an entrepreneurial family and I did not, but I, but we're both very entrepreneurial. So it's really something that God laid in our hearts. And as a team, God perfectly fit us together because I'm the mouthpiece and Martha's the organizational genius, but she's also a mouthpiece. I mean, she can, she can sell the best of them. She's also the easiest sell. So don't call our house. <laughs> yeah. I, we're not going to talk about the vitamins. Don't worry. Okay. We're not going to talk Good. about those. And okay. I ab- avoid it all as seen on TV. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. We don't have television at home because That's of the why. commercials. <laughs> That's what it is. You know, I was thinking about it, though. Because of the economy, the way it's been lately, there are... Lately? Like the last decade here in um, Florida. Yes. Okay, that's lately. But there are a lot of people that have really ventured into twenty percent of our lives. Sorry. You just want to keep talking? I do. I just <laughs> because it's such a huge deal. I mean, the economy has been tough yes. here in Florida for a decade. But the but what I was gonna say okay. is just the fact that so many people have ventured into self employment as an extra added way to earn some money. They're taking Um, a craft or they're taking an idea and trying to do something to generate some income where they've lost income in other places. So I think this is really timely. Um, And if there's anybody that really can talk about that and maybe some things they've tried just because they were trying to make ends meet, I think it'd be a great encouragement to people for them to call in. So they should call in. They should. 855-265-2929. 855-265-2929. 
Just in case you like that style. Well, that's what goes on in my head so that I remember how to say it. <laughs> I just don't say it that way. I think that was a great transition. So when we come back, we're going to talk about the pros and the cons and maybe even give some examples. I mean, I've got a friend here in Tampa Bay that that works in helping people find franchises, and he has access to 535 different potential franchise businesses. Wow. That's a lot. I can't even... Ponder how ridiculous that would be to search through those. But you got a guy that's working for well, that's you. That's what he knows. That's what he does for a living, obviously. I think we should open up another used car lot. Hmm. All right, Martha, today we're talking about the family run business, the mm-hmm. pros and the cons, what people can do. And we really want to invite people to come in and share, to call in and share their stories. They can call in 855 265 2929, 855 265 2929, and share those stories, share those opportunities that are out there. But they could also do what? They could text us. They could text us. 727-487-9863. But before we can get to that, honey, it's time to do our book highlight segment. All right, a book highlight today is Halftime. Really, when you look at it, Halftime, written by Bob Buford, it's all about the shifting in your paradigm from looking at life as just, I'm going to pursue success, 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 which usually leaves you empty. But how about pursuing a life of significance in the Lord, whether you stay in your workplace and just make a difference, or whether you pursue a different workplace where you can make more of a difference Halftime. It's the time when we just contemplate. And that doesn't mean you have to be 40 or 50. I was 37 when I got this book, and it changed our lives. Bob Buford believes the second half of your life can be better than the first. That's why you got to get this book. Call in right now. I got a whole case of these books to give away this month. Call in right now. Get one. Get two. I'll give away. If you want two and you'll give one to a friend, I'll send you two. 855-265-2929. 855-265-2929. And remember... Read the book. Don't wait for the movie. Read the book. Don't wait for the movie. Read the book. Don't wait for the movie. Alright, we're back live and in studio. Martha and Jim Brangenberg talking about Do you see how I did that? Martha and Jim Brangenberg. I didn't say Jim and Martha Brangenberg. Did you see that? That was sweet. It was sweet. <laughs> All right. We're talking about the family-run business, the pros and the cons. Let's just start off with our pro list. Okay. Wait, wait, maybe we should talk about what possibility. No, we'll start with the pros. Let's start with the pros. Okay. All right. What, what do you want? What's your number one pro for Well, I don't know. It's my number business? one, but it's the first thing well, I'm no, I want say your number one. Because it's the one that everybody thinks of when they think of working from home is being able to work in your jammies. <laughs> So there are depends on what those jammies look like, doesn't it? We're not going there. Um, No, but there are the feedy jammies they used to wear in Minnesota. Those are the best. Yep, they were. Um, No, but seriously, um, having the flexibility of being able to um, sometimes be a little bit more relaxed um, in your attire, whatever, when you're just working hard at home is. A benefit. And a lot of people, that's, I just said that just because that's where a lot of people go. They think, oh, I don't have to dress up for work every day. Although, you know, if you, when you interact with people, you do need to get pretty up, <laughs> get cleaned pretty. up, take a shower so you don't smell. You know, for me, the number one benefit for having your own family run business is your number one pro for having a family business is what? Freedom! We should have had the soundtrack from Braveheart. Sorry, Ivan, I should have prepped you. <laughs> you didn't clue him in on that one. No, I didn't. Sorry, you work on that one, People Ivan. were visualizing They were. Right well, when the, you said I it. I had a blue face and everything. Long, flowing, long hair. <laughs> then a six-pack. Not a 12-pack. 
and a cute little loincloth on, you know, that kind of thing. So freedom, what do you mean by that? Freedom. Well, you've got the ability to be creative on your own, not limited by somebody else's schedule. you got the ability to work late. you got the ability to go into work late. you got the ability to go into work early. You, you've got the ability to do things the way you think is best to get them done. But in order to know that, you have to work for other people to know the pros and cons of the way you don't want to do things. I mean, if you've never been in business for yourself, it's sometimes really difficult to know how to do it better, unless you really are. Am I boring you? Seriously, Martha, it keeps you on it. I'll stop talking if you want to just talk. No, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, it's, I mean, you really got to gain that perspective. In order to gain that perspective, sometimes you have to work for other people, or you got to really study other people's businesses and what you don't want to re- mistakes they repeat. When I think of freedom, I also think about the fact that you need to still be very disciplined with that freedom, because if you don't work, you don't make any money. So people that are really, you know, going into business for themselves, yet they think that they don't have to show up for work ever. So really, my number one reason (laughs) is freedom! (laughs) You sounded just like that. That was awesome. (laughs) You, that was... Five stars for the incredible Ivan Miranda today on the I Work For Him show. All right, so that's that's one of the great reasons. Okay, but the other, you're right, because now all of a sudden you've got control of the payroll. You've got control of the checking account. You've got control of, of tracking all your expenses for the IRS so you can do a, a proper tax return. There's so many new things you have to have control over. So you with the freedom comes responsibility. Why is it every time I talk, you yawn? You know, nobody else knows that. I know, but it makes fun radio. Wow. Oh, okay. <laughs> My wife is so cute, just so you know that. All right, so, all right, so, but that, that th- with the freedom comes responsibility, and there's so much that has to be done. Yep. I think there also can be a danger of overdoing it, too, especially when you're trying to start up. Um, what do you mean? Well, you have the freedom to work <laughs> un- endlessly. Unendlessly. A new word produced right here on the I Work Frame Show. Well, leave it to me. If anybody's going to create a word, it will be me. Tedney Lane, you're probably listening. Thank you for creating a daughter. That's right. (laughs) Making words up right here on the I Work Frame Show. Hey, by the way, we do have some books to give away. If you want to call into the studio line, get get your copy of Halftime to think about, to talk about significance, life from success to significance. 855 265 2929. 855 265 2929. All right, Martha, what else? What other reasons, advantages for running your own family-run business? Well, you reap what you sow. So if your family is working hard, you're actually, I mean, and you have a good business model and it's something that's actually creating an income, your family's the one that benefits from it. So the harder you work, the better the benefits might be. But if you're going to have a family-run business, somebody has to be the boss. How do you, how do you figure that out? That's a good question. I think um, really Well, you know, something we didn't have access to when we started doing all these businesses, but that we've experienced now is going through the book Identity and Destiny. And I think that that would be a great way for people to um, be able to see who has what strengths and who's able to do what parts of the business the best and really divide the work and then really determining then based on gifts and um character qualities and things like that, who's the best to lead the business. All right, we have a caller with a question or a statement. Go ahead, caller. Welcome. Is to that the, for me? That's for you. Go ahead. Oh, 
Well, I'm Martha's mom. Hi, Mom. <laughs> Hi. I just want to remind you what Daddy always said about somebody starting a business. He said, find somebody that's already done what you want to do. Find out what it costs, not just in money, in it, but what is the cost of starting a business. And then weigh at that and find out, do, am I wanting to... Uh, give what it takes to start a business? Am I willing to do what it takes to mm. start a business? Now, you guys started several businesses as a family, Elaine, and, and you guys did an incredible job, and really during some tough economic times, a couple of different times. What was the what was the biggest benefit you saw to your family to having a family-run business? Well, when the ch- 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 kids were uh, growing up, uh, they knew what it was like uh, to be lean and be and be and uh, have money and not have money, and you worked uh, as a family to try and make it work. And the kids helped down in the business, and they learned what a bus- what it takes to have a business, and it was really good. I think. If you look at our our family today, every single one of them are entrepreneurs. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. You guys taught us a lot about good work ethic, which is something, too, that you had a direct influence on, as opposed to um, if you and Dad were working for somebody else all the time, we wouldn't have necessarily even known what you were doing for a living. But we were very involved, and I used to go in and dust the studio and get paid. So who dusted dusted the spots over three feet, though, Elaine, is what I want to know. (laughs) Maybe I had a ladder. I don't remember. (laughs) We didn't worry about that. They felt like they were a part of the business when when they could come down and see what, what Daddy did, and um in later years when we opened a new studio and it was after our children were grown uh it was hard getting recognition and one of the things i did was uh something you mentioned early in the show is using some crafts and i did craft shows in the studio so that it would bring people in and they would see the pictures on the wall and realize what a good photographer worked here. Wow, and you are a marketing just, genius. Yeah. <laughs> well, you had to do what you had to do. I mean, Daddy would get up early in the morning and walk the neighborhood and put flyers out and uh, <laughs> just let people know there was a photographer in the community. Mm. Elaine, one other question for you. When you look at all the years of entrepreneurship that have been in your family, what was, it was maybe one of the, the toughest parts of being self-employed all those years? Well, I look at it a little differently than Ted did, I'm sure. Um, I I had difficulty finding my own identity, and um, for a long time I was just Ted's wife, uh, the photographer's wife. I was Martha's mother at school. I was Don's mother at the games, and, you know, I had a hard time with my own identity. And it wasn't until I found my identity in Christ that I could say, okay, this is who Christ wants me to be. And at this point, I am 
Ted's helped me. I am beside him in the studio. I am doing what I'm gifted to do, but I'm not worrying about uh, just being, uh, what do I say, the employee. Um, I felt a part of it then, hmm. but I had to get... I had to get firm in my identity with Christ. Mm, identity great, and destiny. It's a great book. It we is. Should, we should bring them back on the air. Elaine, thanks so much for calling into the show today. Thanks so much for raising such an incredible daughter that I you know, have the privilege of being married to <laughs> almost 30 years. But thank you so much for calling in, Elaine. Okay. Thank thanks, you. Right, bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right. So, Martha, other advantages. I was looking at my list of things, advantages. You know, you can... The cool part about it is when when you control the profits in the business, you can direct them where they where you want them to go. I mean, we should be tithing on our profits, and where do they get to go? To the heart and passion of something that you're heart and passionate about. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's really cool. I mean, it's I mean not only to draw your own paycheck, but to also say okay, and I'm going to help support this ministry not only with my profits, maybe my talents. Yeah, and and what's really neat is you can actually maybe even tell your customers where that's going so that they see that what they're doing is giving back to the community, giving back to a ministry, giving back to something international, whatever it might be. So in today's world, that's a really important part of selling anything is the value added. And for them to know that you're tithing a portion of, you know, what they're giving towards the product or service to another ministry is huge. Um, I was also thinking that um, obvious, there's obvious other pros, um, being able to uh, spend the time together, being able to be like-minded um, in the things that you're focusing on in the world. Um, and then also, you we talked about um, the fact that you, you get to control the environment of your office, so you can pray together. You oh, yeah. can, um, you know, have scripture be at the center of your meetings. It can be, you know, just uh, you have so much freedom in that area as well. I think that was one of the things that, uh, you know, we we were both reading our Bibles at night and we were praying together at night, but we didn't. At the beginning of our insurance agency business, I don't think we did that enough. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was something we learned over the years, but we do it better today than we did then. But it was that was something we really learned. You've got the ability to keep God at the center. And as I've got, I did last week a show or a couple weeks ago on a show on why two percenters have an unfair competitive advantage. We have the Holy Spirit to help us guide and direct us in our business decisions. And I don't think we took advantage of that enough. Yeah. We would probably do that differently today. So we can encourage people that are looking to do that now. Right. There's a lot more resources out there today than there were 25 years ago on how to incorporate your faith at the center of your work. So there's a lot of advantages to having a family-run business, but we got to talk about some of the disadvantages, some of maybe the cons to this. Okay. What do you think, if you were to look, don't look at your list, what, what do you think was the number one disadvantage of us having a family-run business? And we've really had one almost always since 1989. It's really hard to get away from it. Um, taking getting away from me is that what you mean getting away from no, me? the business oh getting away from the business like being able to go with you on a vacation if you are the business um it's hard to just walk away you, you can't just walk away if you have customers relying on you and things like that so it, there's not the same break as somebody and i don't think there's a whole lot of people that just punch a clock anymore but that whole <laughs> if anybody's got a job like that can i apply oh sorry no not really yeah, you're too much of an inter- entrepreneur. You like trying to, you know, fix everything and stay late and and 
invest in it. I have as no well. idea what it'd be like to punch a clock. But the point okay. is just that that is not what it's about. This and is not so an eight to five job. When you have your own business, no longer eight to five. the biggest disadvantage, but it also gives you great flexibility. So even though there are times when you get a phone call when you don't really want one, there are other times that you can say, you know what, we're going to go spend a day with the family and be closed and you can get away with that. Yeah, we, when, yes, that is just, it's powerful. The fact that we were always working is something so how, that, how about for you? Well, you I was still going to comment on that part. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, because because I can think of it, the one time a vacation of ours was really messed up was back in 1998. We <laughs> came here to Florida on vacation, and our mm-hmm. assistant called us the day after we got here and said, if you don't come home, I quit. Because we'd had a whole bunch of claims, and she was overwhelmed. It's been a bad storm. Been a bad storm. Which and you can't control. Nope. Happen when so happen. I bought a car, and I drove home from Florida to Minnesota. But it was a cool car. 79 Trans Am with a 6.6 liter Firebird on the hood. Yep. Silver Anniversary Edition. Okay. All right. For me, one of the biggest disadvantages is that the creativity was limited when we didn't have a lot of employees limited to you and I. Now, you're way more creative than me, but I, you know, sometimes you get just got tired of having to always come up with the ideas. Mm-hmm. I think you get very busy working in the business that you don't always get to work on the business. And that's a real, um, the book E-Myth, which you love. That is one of, in fact, I wrote that down. Did you? Because that is, if you want to start a business today, there wasn't this, actually this handbook was available back then. We just didn't know we about it. We didn't know about it. We didn't have the internet. One of the best <laughs> books out there and available for you to start a business from scratch is E-Myth, and now it's called E-Myth Revisited. you you got to get a copy of that book if you're going to start your own business from scratch. Probably one of the biggest disadvantages that you have is that you are the boss when you run your own business, and so somebody has to be. And so the buck doesn't roll up. What, that the steamroller doesn't roll up? The buck stops here. That's what it was. Because you, you, somebody... You can't pass it on and say, hey, boss, there's a problem. you got to deal with it. Sorry, it's 5 o'clock. I'm going home. Right. You are the boss. Well, and you also can't say, wow, that idea didn't work. You know, who <laughs> What a stupid that? idea that was. <laughs> you have well, you yourself, can if you want to cause marriage problems. You have yourself to blame. So that is that is a disadvantage. But also, the, I mean, you continue to be more and more motivated to do it well and to take care of things. You can, and something that... Um, we probably over time just continue to learn is that you can have office hours. You can try to structure. You were very strict about never selling insurance on a Sunday. Saturdays or Sundays. I only have one Saturday appointment and one Sunday appointment so in can, 11 years. You can put boundaries up. Um, it's important to figure out what those need to be so that you have um, some margin in your lives. And But it was work. We had to work at that. I said, oh, I would only work three nights a week, and that's what we did, but we had to put, it was... You have to assess it. You need to take a look at what you're doing for a living, what this business is, and when it needs to be conducted, because there in order are to be successful. home parties, there are different things that people do that are different times of the day and night. Maybe that's what we should have done for the insurance agency. I don't think a home had party. A home party. <laughs> we could have done a pampered chef. Insurance party. Yeah. It could have worked. It could have worked. They could buy an umbrella right. policy. One of, the, one, of the, one of the other disadvantages we wrote down is that your family conversations can tend to be dominated by business because that's all you do. Yes. But you know that. Well, we had the cars, though. That, that can also good. be a con, because, or I mean, a pro, because you are teaching your family a lot about business in your conversation. So even though it may dominate it, like our kids always knew what we did for a living and they knew 
how things worked. And I think they were way more aware of the work environment at a younger age in a healthy way. Because I remember there being art times where our kids would have friends over for dinner and they had no idea what their parents do for a living. They have no idea where they work. They have no idea what they do. And our kids had the security of knowing this is what mom and dad do. This is what they're creating or producing or selling or whatever. And so they, I think they understood that the world takes those things to make it happen. So, so what are, a good thing. What are some of the things we did to keep protect our marriage from work strife and family strife? Because our family was, our kids were involved in the business, certainly the car business, and uh, they didn't really get involved in the insurance business, but we had one of our foster daughters involved in the insurance business with us. How did we protect our marriage through all that? What is your um, perspective? What is my perspective on that? I guess I've never really... Hmm. Have I ever put that in words before? I think that we had a real healthy relationship in the office. We treated each other like we were treating another employee. We tried not to talk like sometimes you end up talking as spouses and and flaring up or getting upset about something. I know one of the things you did very early on that really protected me and our relationship was that you stood up for me against a customer. And you said, you do not deserve to be treated badly by anybody. And so I knew where I stood in the, in the business, that I mattered and that I didn't need to be um, offended by somebody. Yeah, nobody needs to be treated that way. Yeah. All right, so what kinds of businesses people can start? You know, there's all kinds of, as they call them, cottage industry businesses, craft kind of businesses, but there's restaurants, gas stations. Uh, really, there's so many different things that can be done. And like I said, I got a buddy of mine that's got 535 franchises that he can help you search through to find one. Mm-hmm. And there's some great Christian companies out there. Like what? Um, like Pizza Ranch. Chick-fil-A. Chick-fil-A. Those are two that we just know. Um, well, we like that, eating at Chick-fil-A. <laughs> we do. I'm frankly in favor of their cookies and cream shakes. And the little cherry on top and the Cool Whip. That's right. Yeah. But um, I think that there's a lot of companies like that that really do the incorporate Christ into it in a really great way. And well, so that's a good option. So if you want some more information, just email either Martha or myself about this and we can put you in touch with some great resources. Just email me, Jim at iWorkForHim.com. That's Jim at iWork, the number four, Him.com. Or of course, Martha at iWorkForHim. All right, Martha, we've come to the end of another I Work For Him show. Fast moving, fantastic, fabulous conversation. Is there time for me to say one thing? Yes. Okay, good. Um, I just, really quickly. Okay, your time's up. I just really want to encourage everybody, though, if they're going to start a business, to really check out the responsibilities that they have in taxes and insurance and things like that so that they do it right. Get some good advice. You need to read the book. Don't wait for the movie on that one. Seriously, <laughs> there's so much you can do to prevent mistakes from being made and money from being wasted. And there are so many great resources out there. There is no reason to start a business that fails in today's world. There's too many answers out there already. And if you're a Christ follower, you also have prayer on your side. Mm-hmm. All right. Taking the I Work For Him Challenge, become part of the I Work For Him Nation. I'm looking for a thousand people in Tampa Bay that will make that commitment to be part of of the I Work For Him Nation. A thousand people that will start trying to be Jesus in their workplace by praying for their co-workers, praying with their co-workers when given the opportunity. Ways to serve, looking for ways to serve those co-workers and to reach outside, reach out to them outside of work and to be the best and brightest example of a person in your position in your workplace. 
A thousand people. I'm just looking for a thousand people. And Scott called the other or sent an email the other day. He said, I want to be one of those thousand people. Jim, you inspire me. I'm a teacher. You inspire me. Pray for me. We're Christ followers who own our own business, but ultimately, I work for him.